This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to Monday's edition of the programme, hoping we find you all in good form and that you had a lovely, lovely weekend. John Paul, taking your calls at 1850 333 103. Text and WhatsApp's available 0862 103 103. And today is day one of our competition where we are looking for qualifiers because we are planning on sending one of our very lucky, one of our very, who will be very, one of our very lucky listeners along to an amazing trip to New York to see Billy Joel live in the Big Apple. The gig is on in Madison Square Gardens in New York on the 2nd of May. That's the May bank holiday weekend. We are planning on flying the winner and the winner can bring somebody with them, partner of his or her choice. They've got return flights. Uh, three nights in New York, VIP tickets to go to Madison Square Gardens to see Billy Joel live. You'll also skip the line admission to the Empire State Building. There's also a three-course dinner and drinks at a New York restaurant. So it's just a wonderful, wonderful weekend away in New York. And to me, the icing on the cake is going along to see uh, Billy Joel. Now, what happens is at some stage, I can tell you because I can see the songs that are scheduled to be played on my programme today at some stage between now and one o'clock I will play a Billy Joel song as soon as I play it you need to either text or WhatsApp Billy along with your name and address to 0862 103 103 then please sit by your phone because one of the people that enter will get a call back from me I'll ask you a simple question and the simple question it does come with a an A or a B answer so we kind of help you out along the way if you get the simple answer correct and hopefully you will you will become one of our qualifiers and then we're going to get all of our qualifiers uh, together and one lucky listener will be heading to the Big Apple to see Billy Joel that's Billy Joel in the Big Apple with Amigo Loans dot IE on Cork's Greatest Hits C0103. Looking forward to all of our qualifiers. Now, on the programme this morning, oh, before we get to what's on the programme this morning, some of your texts and comments already coming in. Can I just uh, pay reference to a photograph that just made me smile this morning when I saw it? It's on the front page of the Echo. And it is the most delightful photograph of two little children, Jenny Kiley and Keen Slattery. Don't know where Jenny and Keen are from. I'm assuming they're two little Cork children and they're photographed 
dressed beautifully, really spruced up. They were models. They were on the catwalk during a fashion show in aid of Down Syndrome Cork at the Clayton Hotel uh, in Silver Springs. And it's just the most gorgeous picture. You can see the two of them. They are so proud about what they're doing. They look gorgeous in their little outfits. And I'm sure Mammy and Daddy and, don't you know, maybe Granny and Granddads were in the audience and their family and friends must have been so proud of them. It really is gorgeous. It's making the front page of the Echo today. And then a lot of the papers have some really gorgeous photographs from last night's Dancing with the Stars. Now, we spoke quite a lot last week about Dancing with the Stars, particularly in regard to Father Ray Kelly, who had had a very, very tough time last week. Now, it wasn't only last week he was having a tough time, but last week it came to a head because he went public about the fact that he had actually considered quitting the show because of the negative publicity he was receiving by some by some members of the public and can I say a very small minority of the public some people and some of them very devout Catholics can I say feel it is inappropriate for a priest to be in a competition like Dancing with the Stars and then a whole host of other people think that's rubbish it is right and proper that a priest who is a member who priests are members of our community they're human too and it's only right that he gets involved in a show like that because it kind of humanises priests and it shows us another side of uh, priests and if you have been watching Father Ray on the programme you will know more than anything else that he really really is enjoying himself he might not be the greatest dancer I think he would admit himself he's not the greatest dancer he never scores too well but he's enjoying what he's doing. So he mightn't score too well from the judges, but he certainly is scoring well from the general public because it's the public that keep voting him in week after week after week. Now, a lot of the papers are picking up on last night's episode of Dancing with the Stars. And I know I was on Twitter following the show last night. There was a lot of criticism of the fact that Father Ray got through last night. And and Mary Kennedy got a bit of a bashing as well. Now, when I say got a bit of a bashing, got a bashing in the fact that they're not the best dancers and yet they're the popular ones. So they're getting through on this. And a lot of people were very disappointed to see Sinead O'Carroll and that she was formerly with Bewitched she, to see her get her marching orders last night from uh, the show. But the big shock for me certainly was to see Lottie Ryan, who from the start, I think, has been tipped as one of the ones who could go all the way to win the competition. There was criticism of Lottie Ryan at the start because it was perceived that she had had dance classes as a child and she ran a dance school at one stage and people felt that she had an unfair advantage over the other celebrities but she's managed to get over that but I think you could see it in her face that she was in a bit of a shock that she was in in the dance-off but Father Ray Kelly wasn't in the dance-off and neither was Mary Kennedy they managed to make it through Michael in Castletown Bears says Patricia hi on a Monday morning I have to share how delighted I was for Father Ray Kelly last night on Dancing with the Stars to get through to the next round a man who is truly truly enjoying every moment of it. I admire his take on it. God bless him. It's a new life and may he go further. Last night saw the best performance though of a Viennese waltz, says Michael, that I've ever seen. It was flawless from start to finish. A huge congratulations to Gronia and to Kai. Absolutely superb. It would appear that there is more than dancing there. What a perfectly matched couple. The music, the orchestra would lift you off your chair. Brilliant. I will take 
uh, it will take a good one to stop Gronje and Kai winning overall says uh, uh, Michael I saw that Viennese was it was it yeah they got the three tens didn't they for it it was as near to a perfect Viennese was I mean they could have been in any of the ballroom dance competitions and they would have come out on top with that particular performance. It, it really was uh, stunning. And yeah, I would think Ronnie and Kai are probably tipped to pick up the glitter ball. But if people continue to keep voting for Father Ray, and that's what often happens when we get to competitions like this. Like it is, it is Dancing with the Stars. It is a dancing competition. And... And yet, when it comes to a public vote, we have a tendency in this country to go with it being a popularity contest. I mean, Marty Morrissey, wasn't Marty on this show? Was it last year or the year before? He stayed in for many, many weeks and it was more on a personality. He wasn't the greatest uh, dancer. Now, I often think... You know, we lose good dancers because of that, because people who are popular are going to get more votes than somebody say. If you're just looking at a dance competition, then the likes of Father Ray and Mary Kennedy would have been gone certainly a long time ago. And there there were people, you know, like Sinead O'Cara last night, who definitely was a better dancer. So if it's a dance competition, she certainly should still uh, be in it. But I think when it gets down to sort of the very final night, I think the cream always rises to the top. And I don't think we've ever had somebody win the competition who didn't deserve to win it. You know, it usually is. I'm open to correction, but I think um, my memory of the show has always been the best dancer will win. But certainly in Ireland, when we do any kind of a competition where it comes to a public vote, we have a tendency if it's a kind of a nationwide competition like All Ireland Talent Shows, that kind of competition, we become quite tribal and we here in Cork will vote for the Cork people even if the Dublin person might have been slightly better. Dublin people, for example, are always at a disadvantage because they don't seem to have that same sense of community when it comes to voting in these competitions and we've seen that, certainly we've seen that before in the past but Cork, we always rally behind someone who enters a competition like this but certainly with Dancing with the Stars I knew, I absolutely knew last night even when I watched Father Ray dance and bless his heart he tried his best but it wasn't the best dance the Night, but I knew he wasn't in any danger of going last night or in any danger of being in the bottom two because I think as soon as he gets into the bottom two he knows he's going to be voted off but I knew from the number of calls and texts that we had received here to the programme when we were discussing Father Ray and discussing the negativity that he had received since he went into the competition we were just inundated with people saying well I'm going to vote for Father Ray next Sunday there was a couple of texts in saying five votes for Father Ray in this house because the other thing that we love we love an underdog and if we think somebody's been picked on and somebody's been put down and it is wrong we will 100% get behind that person so I think that certainly boosted Father Ray's votes last night and I'll keep an eye out and I don't know at the end of the competition do they release the weekly votes or not I can't remember if they do that. I know for example with the Eurovision when we have the two semi-finalists as soon as the Eurovision is over you can go online and see how the different semi-finalists did and sometimes it can be very bad news for us in Ireland but I don't know uh, well I'll get that checked. I don't know if they actually release after the competition like who won on any one particular week. It would be interesting it would be really interesting to look at that because I imagine that Father Ray was certainly for last night would have been well up there. 1850 333 103 Now coming up on the programme this morning 
a call for an overall organisation to look after the country's defibrillators. It seems, and I was quite surprised by this, that there are about 11,000 defibrillators dotted all over the country, which is a huge number of defibrillators. And that's terrific news for all of us because we never know the day or the hour when you or I or a family member may need a defibrillator. So isn't it kind of nice to know that there are 11,000 of them? I'm assuming with that many, we can never be very far away from a defibrillator. So is there now a time that there's an overall body, somebody who takes control and says this is the organisation that knows exactly where those defibrillators are and will know that they're fully maintained? Because there's no point having a defibrillator close to you and then you don't have access to it because, you know, they're locked, they're in locked units. What if nobody has the key? What if nobody has the code to open the, de- the, the defibrillator? What if they open the defibrillator and for whatever reason it's, it's not working? So do we need to have somebody now take charge of all of the defibrillators and do a kind of a maintenance programme on them. So we'll discuss uh, that. Knackeries are set to stop collecting fallen animals from Wednesday of this week. Now, this is a dispute between the owners of Knackeries and the Department of Agriculture. Now, I remember last year we discussed this on the programme. We had farmers contacting us to say that they had uh, fallen animals, dead animals, and that they couldn't get anyone to come and collect them, that there was a, pro- a problem with the, the knackeries. And I remember at the time there was some dispute going on and I'm sure it was with the Department of Agriculture. So I thought it all got sorted. So I was surprised actually when I heard it. It was an ad for the Farmer's Journal on the programme last week ran and it was to say that they were running a story about the knackeries with this threatened strike, strike action from Wednesday. So we decided to look into, look into it and lo and behold it is. It's starting on Wednesday. So we're going to speak with it from a farmer's point of view as to how it will affect farmers. But I'd be interested to hear from any farmers locally. Are they worried about what's proposed with the stopping of collection of fallen animals from uh, Wednesday? Do we need to introduce legislation in this country to deal with these so-called company cars and to stop the sale of these company cars to young people uh, because we know we've had the awful tragedy of what happened with that young girl Kimberly O'Connor in Knocknaheeny uh, last week do we need to make sure that no other family is going through what the O'Connor family are going through at the moment and do we need to keep everybody safe and stop this I mean is it leading to um, additional joyriding for example and what needs and what can be done about it and if it's legislation that we need then please introduce the uh, legislation And then we have a lovely, uplifting story of a young Cork woman who has decided to celebrate her 30th birthday in a very, very different way. I'm telling you, what she's decided to do is incredible and it is something she will be in many years to come. Please God, be able to tell her grandchildren about saying, guess what I did to celebrate my 30th birthday. We'll find out all about it on the programme uh, today. And it is Monday, so that means Annalise Drussell, a nutritional therapist, will join us from the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic. She'll answer all of your nutritional questions, so if you have a nutritional question, just get it into us, please. Some people's reaction to Dancing with the Stars and Father Ray and Father Ray Progressing last night. Peter in Newmarket said, if I was a betting man, I'd actually put money on Father Ray as I have a feeling he could win the show outright. The sympathy vote is there for him and there's nothing beats a sympathy vote. But Peter does feel that Father Ray is milking it a bit now. The voting has been very wrong in that good dancers have gone out ahead of, of Father Ray and that's not fair. And somebody who just signs their text as M says, a Father Richard 
Rohr, who is a wonderful author of many books, in one of his YouTube cl- clips said, Methodists say you should never make love standing up as it will lead to dancing and dancing is a sin. Hope that put a smile on your face on this Monday, says them. Um, so uh, we're thus proving and we're lucky that Father Ray isn't a Methodist because if he was, he wouldn't be allowed to dance. And Tess says, hi Patricia, I think I wouldn't be watching Dancing with the Stars only to see if Father Ray progresses every week. It's uh, amazing what is what he is doing. Tell him to keep up the good work. And actually, I heard Simon earlier on in the breakfast show. He's reached out to Father Ray and he's opened to Father Ray on the programme one day this week. So we will listen with interest to what Father Ray has to say uh, about. But to me, he's, the man is just absolutely enjoying every minute of his time on Dancing with the Stars. And another text in says, Patricia, I always thought that the way to pronounce Billy Joel's name was Billy Joel. Yeah, I used to say Billy Joel as well, but we have been told that uh, his name is Billy Joel. So I think we've been wrong when we've been saying Billy Joel. So it's Billy Joel is how you pronounce it. And that we are hoping to send one of our lucky listeners along with a partner of, of his or her choice to Billy Joel in the Big Apple, Madison Square Gardens on the 2nd of May. Remember, you're still listening out for a song sometime on the programme today from Billy Joel and then you need to text her WhatsApp. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Eggfoil amok quidden and here is Farlin. Shaw eight thrower C103 Air Kirkig. Is Museum Alien in the Carrache and Crawford Art Gallery Gurkig. Nuri Hulan Tucci in the Dorsha, Fangu Tishkin Tiart, Erin Rolls Santasuk, Tagas Nahar Kalian is a tail, Agus Sukhal Turko, I'm sure. Tagnos Kun Rohiad Mila Kurtur in Ike Bliana Higging Gallery, a hostage to Egril or Nakarach, in Akalish and Opera House. Sayer Kadishach, the Trish Fibli, to Spontish, Agus Baluhan Buon, Donis Mo, no Rovila Sayer. Nukta, Quid Denaniha, is Fari Gurkig, C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, according to Fianna Fáil Councillor Audrey Buckley, the HSCR, the Department of Health, should either manage or delegate a community-based organisation to oversee the country's estimated 11,000 defibrillators. To explain why, Councillor Audrey Buckley joins me. Good morning to you, Audrey. Good morning. And, Good morning. And, and, Thank you, you for having me on. Uh, well, you're very welcome. I have to say, I was blown away that there are so many defibrillators yes. in the country. Is there a database of their locations? Um, unfortunately not. Um, I got in about three months ago. I was asked this question because I didn't know myself and it's only when I started doing a bit of research and someone mentioned to me that down in West Cork they pulled an AED off the wall to um, resuscitate DCPR and someone and when they opened the box the pads were rusty. So that's then when I said, hey, hang on a second, who's maintaining and servicing the AEDs? And that's therein lies the problem. There's nobody, if a community group is not maintaining or servicing it or a sports group, they're not being checked. Yeah, but do we know the locations? Just, I mean, is, is there one There's central base where you could go and find out exactly if I'm going to be in Clonakilty in the morning? Uh, is there anywhere where I can check to find out where defibrillators are? Well, we would hope that um, that's the issue. The um, National Ambulance Service have a database, so when you call 999, but not everybody, it's not mandatory for you. If you get an AED for your group, it's not mandatory for you to register it on their database, and that's the problem. Um, So, uh, no, it's not not, uh, standardised at all. 
And um, and the majority of these ADs, am I right in saying they were installed by community groups, fundraised yes. locally and installed? Correct, correct. Um, like, I, I think, you know, it would be probably <clears throat> okay to say that um, the majority of sports groups would be maintaining theirs and checking them every year. Yeah. What happens with volunteer groups, as we know, volunteers come and go. Yeah. So they would have the best intention of putting one on the wall. And if they leave or, you know, we're so transient now and moving, um, and if nobody picks up the ball on the one that's been hanging outside, you know, uh, a shop or something, um, and you run to get it, you just would assume it would be working. But, you know, your assumption could be wrong because yeah. the, the pads need to be changed depending on the brand of AD you buy. But some of them would have to be changed, you know, every year to two years. The batteries die. Um, so, and, and that's the problem, and that's why I personally would love to see uh, an organisation like the Fire Service mm. checking these once a year as part of their remit. We all live um, around uh, the Fire Service available to all of us. We've got 24 um, services within um, County Cork. Yeah. So there's 25 stations in total and there's four divisions, and I, and I would love to see as part of their remit that they could check them each year. And not not even service them, just check them, verify that they're working and alert the, you know... The, the community group, group or whoever put it in, yeah. Exactly yeah. that, hey, just to let you know the year, because the year goes by fast. And um, and I would love to see something like that happening because, you know, there's 5,000, you know, heart attacks, people each year, apparently, that's from the Irish Heart Foundation. So this is something that is it's very important. Um, you know, you'd be assuming, and, and I, I wouldn't want to be assuming no, now. No, no. I know the information that I have that I have, uh, you know, followed up on. And was it you had the very simple, rather simple um, suggestion of a nap that could be designed? Yes. So, um, so when, when I was doing a bit of my research, some, some areas actually do have an app. Okay. But again, it's not standardised. Um, so this should be a national app. This should be an app that you could go on because, um, you know, we, we travel a lot and we go, you know, you know, we're very fortunate. We live in this beautiful island and um, it would be good to have a, a national app. And again, that's not standardised. Each community can have their own app. Now, so I know you, you raised the issue at the Regional Health Forum. Yes, I did. So what reaction did you get? Um, to be honest, a lot of people were like, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, our reactions would have been. The National Ambulance Service were there. Um, uh, they thought it would be a great idea. They'd love to see it standardised. Um, they can't take that on board. The HSE can't take that on board. That's why um, I've spoken to the the city uh, fire um, fire officer in Cork City. He mentioned that um, the fire service in Cork City, they actually, when when they get called out, they are actually, three of them can go out and um, on an emergency for someone having a heart attack and they get called also. Um, and they check in Cork City, they check the AEDs around Cork City. Do they? So, they so, do. so it's going so it's on possible. in some in some areas. Yes. We just need to join it all yes, up. We do. Yeah. We need to join it all up. Joined up thinking, and I and I honestly think for the fire service to do it as part of their remit, as part of their training, um, I, I just think it's kind of like a no brainer. It's something that should be done. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well done yeah. for, for for raising it. As I say, That's I just life I, and death situation. Yeah, you know? it is, it's and you know, life. and I mentioned when I mentioned earlier that you were coming on to discuss it. Like, we, you know, we never know the day or the hour that either of us nope. would need it or a family nope. member would need it. No, absolutely. And you'd like not. to think when they open the unit, everything is there, working, yes. and a life is saved. Yes, absolutely. It's life, life or death because you're talking two or three minutes when you call nine nine nine. 
um, you should they should be able to tell you run over nearest to you is, is an AD on this wall um, and while you're waiting for the ambulance as we know you know ambulances can you know be delayed yeah um, and it's a, it's a definitely a life or death situation. Okay. All right. Well done. Okay, Audrey, thank listen, thank, thank you, you for that. Much. Thanks, Thanks uh, for joining us. That is Councillor uh, Audrey Buckley joining us uh, from the Carrigaline uh, Municipal District, 1850 333 uh, And voluntary groups and community groups have done so much work putting in those uh, AEDs and those uh, defibrillators. I do, th- I think Audrey is so right that, you know, we need the Department of Health, the HSE, somebody now to pick it up and say, okay, well, we'll maintain it. We'll look after it. Even, even if just once a year they open up each of the defibrillators and just check the battery on them, check the pads on them, make sure everything is working and, and just leave it at that. And then I think her idea for an app is it's a simple solution, but a fantastic idea that we could all download an app so we'd all have an app to find out where wherever you are in the country where the nearest AED is to you, if, God forbid, you need it. 1850 Thank you. I can still see a lot of texts and calls coming in. Bigging it up for Father Ray on uh, Dancing with the Stars. The Girls in Drumahan says, Hope Father Ray will win. He is very funny. Best of luck to him. And that comes in from all the girls in Drumahan wishing him the best. If Father Ray is in the dance-off, says a texter, it is unlikely the judges will put him through. Yeah, he has to stay out of the dance-off because if he gets, in, no matter who he goes up against in the dance-off, he's going to go. Father Ray is doing good for the church, says another uh, texter. And somebody else says, Father Ray is great. I will vote for him right up until the very end, says a text. It does seem like Father Ray has a lot of support here in Cork. OK, we're going to take a break. John Paul continues to take a course, 1850-333-103. And uh, coming up, we discuss how knackeries are set to stop collecting fallen animals from this Wednesday. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Short Castle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. Greatest hits like Snow Patrol. I, I'm obsessed with an American quiz show called Jeopardy. Lady Gaga. I am trying to tap into vibrations that make you feel like I'm giving you a giant hug. And win your way to Billy Joel in the Big Apple. Oh, wow! Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards. Weekdays from 1. C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 Now, knackery owners have voted unanimously to not collect fallen animals from this Wednesday as talks with the Department of Agriculture on a new fallen animal scheme remain in deadlock. To discuss the implications of this move on the farming community, I'm joined by Hugh Farrell. And Hugh is with the ICSA, where he is the chairman of their Animal Health and Welfare Committee. Uh, good morning to you, Hugh. Good morning to you. And, and, and give me the call. Well, you're, you're welcome. Now, I suppose for those outside the farming industry, just explain the service that a knackery provides and its importance to farmers. Well, see, naturally enough, in any livestock farm, you have losses and uh, there's losses on a regular basis. And naturally, it's every day somewhere. And uh, this service is provided nationwide and it's all right in Midland counties and some, but when you have the extremist areas and peninsulas or different areas that are covered in vast areas, there's extra costs involved in it. And this is where the problem lies. 
farmers no longer you can bury an animal on your farm. It has to be disposed of to this system, and you have to pay for sales to match that. So it regulates that thing of dumping animals or burying them improperly. So, which is something we don't want to see changed. We want that to continue that system because it's a good system. Yeah, because from an environmental point of view, it's not the best thing to do to bury a dead animal on your land. I take it. Yeah, well, that's it, and it's a practice like you said, nobody could monitor it. But this way, everything monitored and. And um, everything has a traceability. Then, like when the same as going to the factory, one has for being a traceability of a debt there, then they're gone. You have the system. Yeah, yeah. And it keeps everything 100% and for farmers going ahead with or the implications of inspections or whatever it may be. But it's and there and there and the there is there's a collection system. So if an animal dies for whatever reason, farmer contacts the local knackery and then they come and collect it. They come and collect it, and there's a fee involved in that for the collection, depending on from calf to a, an animal, 48 months plus, they're all buried in different rates. Okay. And the cost has gone up, I suppose, with diesel and man wages, and I suppose they're getting it harder too to get people employed. I know one man here, a local man, was 17 years of one company, and he went off to drive for somebody else. They were like, so, better hours and different rates. And um, for us here, as farmers, we can't sustain paying a high prices either. So, both ends, it has to be looked at for the knackery sake and for ourselves as farmers. It has to be at an affordable rate. And and who's, who sets the rate? Well, before this, the knackeries were setting the rate to a certain amount. Now they're trying to maybe set a, a cap on a payment or have a payment there that's affordable to everybody. And uh, there's a big difference in the rates because, you see, you know, some of the cattle is lifted or anything over 48 months you see the state carries a lot of the cost on them because they can't be disposed of here well they say they're turned up and everything else but the offal has to be shipped for for disposal where a lot of the other stuff under 48 months well, that's the BSE age limit will literally be rendered or sorted out in this country so someone carries a heavy levy or a heavy tag and actually them ones have had the highest subsidy is the chief to get collected nearly on your farm or close to it. So this all has to be sorted out and we had a meeting with the department on it, uh, the farm organisations was three of them, was involved in three different groups and um, the water come back to us within a week and that's two to three weeks ago now and we never heard from and the same has happened with the knackeries and this is I think the third occasion now that January and the 1st of February and now this date coming up when is another date where they're being pushed off and the factories or the department are ignoring them or pushing them down the line. And I didn't think this is good enough because we're in the crisis time of the year now where the most deaths are cows, Gavin, and spring of the year and different things. But we can't afford no collections. Because wasn't wasn't there a problem last year with fallen animals left uncollected on farms? Oh, there was 3,000 there at one stage last September, yeah. I remember we did interviews on it and we had some farmers in a dreadful state trying to work out what they would do. So I'm assuming, Hugh, that farmers are, are fearful well, if, this stri- if this strike goes ahead. That's surely fearful because they have no facilities there for holding when you're supposed to have for said in the last September was the incident and you have days and all this. But it means disease hasn't been moved off the farm is staying there and it can or maybe something else for the dead animals on the farm, do you know, like, or in the yard, and it's uh, 
and most of the graphic and now the Nacri seal an article there for the offer the service provided the delivered. Which that isn't practical for a lot of people, do you know, like so. It'd be very few people to be able to del- deliver them in. So Yeah, they're saying that they're not closing but they won't collect, but if you can get them in, I mean that's okay if you live close by and it's a smaller animal, but if it's a large animal if it's a large animal and you could drive thirty, forty mile or more, well they like cannot drive on the road with an animal that isn't um, that's dead, there may be disease, and you bring it around. At least on the lorries has a license, they're categorised to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point. And I'm assuming that farmers are also are are you also worried that there could be an increase in charges for the service? Well, you see, the, that was on the cars, those prices there, and when we look at the graph or the chart there for the whole different factories throughout all the counties, there there is a fair variation. And hopefully if costs resume and gets going right and maybe and it'll come to a, a level field across the country maybe and um we'll get subsidised as farmers. It's not that we want we hate going out saying subsidised, but at the same time like we are paying farm or they you take a sheep there, some men is giving forty euro there for a dead sheep, thirty, forty euro. And there's now only yo there making only worth thirty in the mart. So you give them more than the real value of the animal to get collected. So this isn't good enough, do you know, like so. Okay, so it's at as it stands, it's the strike goes ahead on, on Wednesday. What's your gut instinct? Do you think it'll get sorted between now and Wednesday? Well I think they've left it too late at this stage, but the simple reason to come back this evening or tomorrow. Why leave it to the twelfth hour? They've done that twice before and I am sure the Nacris isn't going to keep playing with that game because I know there's other way around the department wouldn't give us a lot of time, but um I have a good feeling it'll go ahead because they are determined to see it through because um, I know the, we've been informed there there's three knackeries gone out of business and there's others on the brink of going out of business now. Because they can't make thought, money out of it. Yeah, we always thought they were very valuable but Everybody else's job is, looks better than your own, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom and says, we're not allowed to dump our animals or bury them on our land anymore and with no knackeries, nobody seems to be coming up with a solution. There have been a lot of standoffs in the past number of months, but nobody's coming up with a solution. And Mary in Mallow is wondering, where is the Minister for Agriculture in all of this? I know we're waiting to form a new government, but what is the department's role? Look at the poor farmers in the Midlands and the Shannon region their lands under water, water at the moment and now we've got what we're hearing about today with the fallen animals where is the Minister for Agriculture uh, I mean, yeah, well, just on that thing with the Minister and we, I know we've no Minister present well, it's he's still, he's still Minister yeah but um, I, I have sat on TV phones I've sat on different things and I think we do put too much pressure I don't it's not just for Michael Creed it's for anyone we do put more, too much pressure than any Minister for the simple reason is there's an awful lot of departments there is paid to do these jobs. They're only up front. The ministers. And they have to stand up to the mark to the departments and do their job. And I think not delaying tactics. That's where I think we need to put on the pressure with the different departments that send our letters in or contact to them directly. Keep piling the pressure on that this is started out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll keep a close eye on it. As I say, it is to go ahead from uh, Wednesday. No collection from Wednesday of this week. Listen, Hugh, we appreciate you taking so much to talk to us today. Thank you for that. 
Thanks, thanks, for, the thanks, Thank thanks for joining us. Bye bye. That is Hugh Farrell, and Hugh is the ICSA Animal Health and Welfare Chair. On that news, that the no knackery collections from Wednesday of this week, they have you knackery owners have voted unanimously to not collect fallen animals from a Wednesday, as Hugh explained. The farmers are willing to transport the animals themselves at the moment. That will go ahead from uh, Wednesday, but that's not going to be feasible for 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 everyone. But then, of course, the big threat and the big worry is if this if it remains in the deadlock that they seem to be at at the moment between the owners and the department, the fear is that the knackeries will just pull it completely and they, they will withdraw the service completely. And then we'll have a real problem on our hands. A lot of commentary still coming in on Father Ray on Dancing with the Stars and the huge outpouring of love and appreciation for the man and the amount of people saying that they're voting for him. Now, see, you got a lot of votes out of Cork, Father Ray, that's for sure. OK, so we'll take a look at those after news at 11. Uh, coming up in the next hour, don't forget you're still listening out for a Billy Joel song. We're going to talk about these company cars and, and do we need these so-called company cars, do we need legislation to stop them getting into the hands of young people and then we hear from a woman who is celebrating her 30th birthday and she's doing it in a very different way she'll tell us more in the next hour Court today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow call and collect or get 7 day delivery for those cosy nights in lowcostfuel.ie Billy Joel is one of the world's most popular performers now see him live in New York via IP style with C103. You may be right. I may be crazy. Win your way to Billy Joel in the Big Apple, Madison Square Garden on May 2nd. Stay listening to C103. Then text or WhatsApp every time Billy Joel plays. For your chance to get in the grand final. Save our number. 0862-103-103. Billy Joel in the Big Apple. With AmigoLoans.ie. Listen to win on Cork's greatest hits. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your calls and texts coming into the programme. This was a text in probably one of our first texts of the morning saying, Patricia, I am sick of listening to the old boys club telling us who they will and will not talk to. Obviously, we're talking about Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael here. They have rural Ireland closed down and they only want to talk about climate change when it suits them. They'll have people replaced with cows, thousands of them, if they have their own way. And carbon tax on poor people, it affects poor people more than it affects people who are wealthier. We've got families getting up at six o'clock in the morning and having to travel large distances to work because they can buy or rent close to where they're actually working and yet they can get, this is the TDs, can get so cosy in the doll they don't even have to turn up sometimes and I'm assuming that person is alluding to where people were pressing buttons and voting electronically for other people who weren't even in the doll uh, chamber. So, the sister, obviously there's a sense of frustration you can sense in that text. We are at day 16 now. 16 days on since we have a general election and government formation certainly remains as uncertain as it did the day that we did all of the counting and realised we kind of had a sort of a tie between Fianna Fáil, 
Fine Gael and Sinn Féin. So what are the political editors looking through the papers today? What are they saying and what's happening and who's talking to who? Well, it seems that the Leo Varadkar, the Taoiseach and Micheál Martin, the leader of Fianna Fáil, they are holding exploratory or due to hold exploratory talks tomorrow. Now that will determine if there's any basis on what would be a historic first coalition between the two parties which have dominated Irish politics for a century and dominated Irish politics really since the formation of the state. Fine Gael have started to signal a growing willingness over the weekend to re-examine its preference to go into opposition. I mean it was adamant we're going into opposition and that's it. So it looks like they're re-examining that stance. Leo Varadkar is expected to report back to his parliamentary party on Wednesday if he thinks that there's any basis for pursuing matters further with the Fianna Fáil party. The meeting takes place in a week in which all the parties are intensifying engagements to explore government formation. Now, already there seems to be a bit of a stumbling block between Sinn Féin and Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil because I heard, for example, the Fianna Gael are saying that what they certainly would be demanding would be a rotating Taoiseach if they went into this grand coalition as people uh, call it between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. Fianna Gael would say we would want a rotating Taoiseach but seemingly that would be simply unacceptable to Fianna Fáil. Fianna Fáil would insist that they're the lead party and they would want to hold on to the role of Taoiseach for the duration of the government. So you can already see before they've even sat down to discuss policy There already seems to be a bit of a stumbling block there. But this week is certainly a week for talks. Sinn Féin and the Green Party, for example, they are beginning two two days of detailed policy discussions. That's happened, that's starting today. Sinn Féin has also announced this series of public rallies, which are going to be held all over the country and they're holding them over the next fortnight starting from today. It's hoping that large attendances at these public rallies will increase public pressure on the other two big parties to reverse their refusal to enter talks with them. So if Sinn Féin can get a show of support from people on the ground on these rallies around the, the, the country, hope would be that Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael are going to say we need to start talking we're almost mandated by the people. This is what the people want. I think that's the theory. That's where Sinn Féin are coming from on these rallies. Then the Green Party, looks like they could play an integral role as well. Their leader, Eamon Ryan, who says his party will hold similar two-day policy discussions. He's gone into the ones today and tomorrow with Sinn Féin, but he's going to have similar ones with Fianna Fáil later on this week. And then he's planning on holding similar talks with Fine Gael early next week. Now, the Green Party is reluctant to go into any coalition with two bigger parties alone. They want smaller parties as participants as well. And I imagine that's possibly got to do with the last time the Greens went into power. They were the junior coalition party and they really did get stung when they next went to the electorate. The finger of blame was pointed entirely at them as the smaller coalition party. And I suppose they're fearful of something similar happening again. So their theory would be if they had all their small parties involved and people wanted to point the finger of blame at the smaller parties, it wouldn't be just them on their own. They could share the blame almost with somebody else. Now, that's my theory on it. I'm not saying that that's what Eamon Ryan is saying. 1850-333-103. Your thoughts and comments welcomed, uh, please. Are you are you getting frustrated at the fact that we're six days on from a general, 16 days on from a general 
general election and uh, we're nowhere near uh, forming a government. Uh, your thoughts welcomed. Defibrillators, we were talking about defibrillators in the last hour. Mary says, I'm involved with the group who deliver state courses on defibrillators, obviously showing people how to use the defibrillators. I went back to a nursing home where we had delivered one of the courses showing the staff members how to use the defib. And when we went to check, the battery was dead. They had to open the defibrillator with the screwdriver as nobody could find the key. So no one knew what to do. So listening to Councillor Audrey Buckley in your programme this morning, I 100% say she is dead right in what she is saying and well done to her for raising this uh, issue they do need to be maintained and I think you know even at the, the very start we need to have a database of where all of the defibrillators are I mean that to me is the first thing that needs to be done and that's why I think Audrey's idea of an app is the simplest thing somebody design an app so that all of the we know exactly where all the defibrillators are and then somebody need, needs to take over the running and the maintenance of them because I think community groups were so well intentioned at the time when they fundraised and put in these defibrillators but you know as Audrey said small local community groups come and go and you know and if they've put the defibrillator in place they need maintenance the batteries need to be checked the pads on them need to be replaced it seems and a simple one even like that that Mary raises the key or if sometimes there are keypads on it you know who ha- who holds the key and who has the keypad who has the code that you put into the keypad to open it if it's a, if it's a keypad one yeah so do I think we need an overall body the HSC Department of Health they're the obvious ones to take over so let's see how Audrey Councillor Audrey Buckley gets on with her suggestion still getting in thoughts and comments on Father Ray Kelly and how he got on on Dancing with the Stars. Mary says the gods are with Father Ray, Patricia <laughs> says uh, Mary, that's why he's doing so well. Joan in Mallow says, I feel Father Ray is a nice dancer but he also comes across as being very good crack. I don't know why people feel, feel he shouldn't be on the show. Well I think the criticism was from some and it's only some very devout Catholics who felt it was inappropriate for a Catholic priest to be in a show where they're dancing so closely with scantily clad women and just felt that the image was wrong. Whereas others see it very differently and says, no, it's humanising the priesthood. And God knows the Catholic Church have lost enough members over the years. If anything can be done to humanise how people view priests and might put it into somebody's head in Father Ray's own parish having seen him on the TV God I might go along to Mass if he's that good on the dance floor I wonder what he's like giving a sermon for example just just might encourage people to, to go to Mass and surely that's not a bad thing Finbar McCroom says we are very parochial in this country so Father Ray will do very well as his parishioners alone will all turn out in huge numbers to vote for him and then when he mentioned that he was being abused and receiving abusive mail and phone calls just straight away he's getting the sympathy for the vote and then look at Mary Kennedy the former presenter of Nationwide who also not a great dancer but she's doing very well in Dancing with the Stars she is a much loved TV star so of course she's going to do well it's hard for a country the size of Ireland to get real winners for these shows but to be fair we do these shows extremely well for a small country well I know with Dancing with the Stars because we pay the BBC because obviously it's their it's based on Strictly Come Dancing. We're just not allowed to use the name Strictly Come Dancing. The BBC don't, 
they set on the concept of Strictly but they insist that every country calls it something different they don't allow Strictly come dancing so I think a lot I know America does Dancing with the Stars as well uh, I think a lot of countries went with Dancing with the Stars instead and that's why we followed on and I know the BBC have been over and have looked at how we do the show and they I think we're one of the best we are by far one of the best and there was uh, I know we don't have the live orchestra every time we do it as they do with Strictly and the live orchestra last night certainly for all the dancers seemed to have made a difference uh, to it but yes uh, we do it really well and Mary Kennedy absolutely she was always so loved on Nationwide and I think then when she came out and um, when she was when she retired I don't think she really wanted to retire but she didn't have any choice she was one of the people that got caught with the RT ruling that once she hit 65 you had to go so I think that there was a level of sympathy for her with that as well so yes she is very popular and Averlyn from Moy says I do like Father Ray and I feel he's doing great PR for the Catholic Church however Avril feels it's older people who are phoning in and texting these shows. Many people under the age of, of 50 are not because with phone bundles it would actually cost you money to call and vote on this programme. Many people now do stuff on apps. So like a lot of the UK reality shows, why not allow people to vote on their apps so it would be free? They do mention apps and social media on Dancing with the Stars but I feel the, the voting is mainly phones and texts either ring the number or text the number. I feel if this was to change, you may have a different outcome. Yeah, but has not got a lot to do with the money that's generated because there's a cost. I don't, I don't know what it is. is. Is it 60 cent for a text? And I don't know how much it is if you ring the, you know, ring the long number. And if you text, I think it's 60 cent for a text. So yes, it is costing uh, people. If they went down the route, route of the app, which you are right, a lot of the reality shows in England now are going are doing using apps uh, instead and so there isn't a cost to people but in this country I suppose it's to do with the smaller population base and money has to be generated from the phone calls which goes towards the cost of running the show so I don't I can't see that changing uh, in Ireland where they need to make money on those uh, shows 1850-333-103 and Eddie in Mahan was on to the programme to say he was driving on the North Ring yesterday and he saw quite a few posters from Mary Lou of Sinn Féin and he thought his initial reaction was he thought that they were election posters and if so why hadn't they been removed because you only get seven days to remove the election posters but they're not those posters have gone up because they're advertising these rallies that I spoke about that Sinn Féin are planning on holding a a series of political rallies all over the state and they're doing them across the next two weeks. So you are going to see if you're anywhere near one of these Sinn Féin rallies then you are going to see posters back up and they do look like, I've seen them, they do look like they're election posters but they're not because if you go up close and read what's on the posters it's actually giving you details of the Sinn Féin rally when and where it is on. But Eddie thought that they were all up and that they were posters that simply hadn't been taken down. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. A car mechanic is wanted for an immediate start. It's at Ruskeen Motors in Mallow. You need to have experience with various makes and models. Part-time bookkeeper required a minimum of three months. It's at Walsh Engineering Supplies in Mallow. Butcher slash fishmonger required for Dano Supervalue. That's in Mallow. While experienced chef and experienced baker slash confectioner required 
for a part-time position with immediate start in Mallow. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie This is the Court Today replay on C103. Cork TD has pledged to tackle the sale of so-called company cars following what was a horrific crash which claims the life of uh, young Kimberly O'Connor last week and of course has left another uh, teen fighting uh, for his life and our, our deepest, deepest sympathies going out to the O'Connor family and to all of those involved. Sinn Féin's Thomas School is a newly elected TD for Knocknahini and uh, he joins me on the programme. Good morning to you uh, Thomas and uh, morning, you're welcome sir. and firstly congratulations on your uh, election as uh, TD. Can you start by explaining what these company cars when we refer to these company cars what are we talking about here? Yeah I suppose the first thing Patricia I want to send away condolences to um, uh, to the families involved um like I know, I, I come from Harvey Road. My father still lives there, only yards away from the crash, and the families who are involved. Um, there's a, people are really upset. The community are devastated, and um, I suppose the grief that the family are feeling at the moment is just you can't put into words. Absolutely. Any conversation I have is not in relation to this accident, but it's something that I've been kind of campaigning for over the years. I suppose I followed on an incident two and a half years ago where, the, where a couple of young guys had bought a car for 50 euros and they had crashed it, you know. And at the time, I'd raised this with the, the Gardaí in Cork that, um, you know, what would the Gardaí doing to stop this, you know. I'd actually raised it in local media and press as well because, <clears throat> to me, this is something that could be very easily sorted out. Now, if you remember there, there was a tragedy in Fumai a few years ago where um, a mother and daughter were killed in an accident by uh, a learner driver. Yeah. That and led to the Clancy Amendment. Yes. Yeah. So they brought an amendment now which made the, the driver, the owner of the vehicle, responsible. Yeah. Right? I wanted to just go one step forward with this, that the owner of the vehicle would be responsible. So if I was trying to sell a car to you, I couldn't sell it to you until you gave me a valid driving license. So I would take down your name, your driving license number, and I would register it then on the, online. It's a simple thing. It would take one minute. And what that would do is it would ensure that people who are buying cars, number one, that you would be able to know who owns the car. And number two, that they're not selling cars to people who are either underage or people who have no driving license or no insurance. And also the cars. And, and I'm assuming if if somebody is selling me a car for fifty euro, then it's it's for the scrap heap and nothing else. I mean, it, that vehicle must be very dangerous. That's 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 the whole problem. Cars are being sold that shouldn't be on the roads, and there are people driving around cars probably right now at this minute. Uh, there are company cars that might have no tax, no insurance, no NCT. You know that shouldn't be on the roads. They're not roadworthy. And to me, this could very easily be resolved. You're not talking about a lot of red tape. You're not talking about an extra fee or a charge on people. All you're saying is that it would be a legal requirement that if you sell a car, the person buying the car 
must have a valid driving license or must have proof if they're a loner or an ox driver that the parent or the guardian would have a, a valid driving license. So to me, this is very easily resolved. But because the whole issue of company cars, and I'm not talking about this particular case because there have been numerous issues. Like what we've seen is because of the improvement in car technology, it is harder for people to steal cars now. Which so, is good news. Which is good news. Yeah. What, pe- what people are doing then is they're buying the cars to joyride them. Like last year, uh, I raised this issue last year at a joint policing forum. The amount of there has been a steady increase over the last couple of years. Now, this has nothing got to do with the current accident, right? Yeah. And I just want to make that crystal clear. But this is something that has been ongoing for the last couple of years. And to me, using the driving license, the name, the driving license number, and register online, that ensures that no one can buy a car who shouldn't be buying the car. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, anyone who is genuinely legitimately buying a car would have no problem with showing driving licence and proving that I'm buying a car because I want to drive the car. Well, I put it this way, Patricia. Like, is it reasonable that a person can buy a car for 50 or 100 or 200 euros, right, and just drive off in it with no tax, no insurance, no, 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 no. no nothing? To me, that's not reasonable. Yeah. You know, so if a, at least you know if a person has a valid driving licence, that they are responsible. And if they'll stop, if the guarantee stop you, they'll say you have 10 years to bring the documentation to the nearby car station. To me, this simple, this simple thing. And then go after somebody who sells a car for well, 50, see, 100 euro to some young fella. Yes. What they do then, you make, a le- you make them legally responsible. Yeah. And for anyone who's irresponsible and doesn't uh, sell it properly, then there would be serious fines or maybe even a prison sentence if something goes on afterwards. So is this, when, whenever you eventually get to, we get a government formed, uh, Thomas, is this something you will, you will push for? Push for the yes, legislation? And to me, I, like, I think, I, I, I could see no reason why I wouldn't get cross-party support yeah, on this. Yeah. Because to me, this is a safety measure that needs to be put in place. And it's, it's for everyone. You know, and what it ensures then is these cars that shouldn't be on the road aren't on the road. Yeah, there's, there is nobody, I think nobody could find any reason to disagree with this uh, piece of legislation. Talking about the formation of uh, a new government, uh, Thomas, we have some of our listeners are getting a little bit frustrated 16 days on from a general election and uh, the government formation remains uncertain. Uh, how long more do you think we'll have to wait for our government to be formed? I, I'm not sure. We're, we're due... The, the next meeting is Thursday a week now. I'm actually in my clinic in Sandler Street at the moment, so we're still walking away. But like, it's very disappointing that uh, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael won't talk to us. Um, like, we've got some very good policies that would make changes right now uh, in relation to the housing, the, the trolley prices. I like a lot of your listeners, I've heard you covering this. Like, unfortunately, I was up in the CUH e two weeks ago with a family member. And like anyone, like the my point to me, Martin and Leo Varadka is like there are people dying in hospitals and on our streets. There are people who can't afford their rent, their mortgages, there are families who can't afford childcare. People are at the pin of their collar now. 
Right? These are working families. These are people who've worked all their lives and they're messing around. Like people have sent a clear message that they want action taken. No, they want the government to work for the people. And for far too long, the government has worked for politicians and for vested interests and people want to change. And like Mary Lou MacDonald is in the woods from Harcourt Hotel tonight at 8 o'clock, if any of your listeners... Is this like one of these, this is one of the rallies, is it? Yes, well, what it is, is Mary Lou is coming out to meet people now to get feedback on what people think we should do. You know, so Mary Lou, Pierre Storty, Ona Bryn and Dave Connell will be there. And, like, I suppose people are criticising us for organising the rallies. We think they're a very positive thing because at the end of the day, people voted for us and they want action and we want to go back to the people and say, listen, we're listening to you, we're trying. And but it, but is it hoped, Thomas, that if you get large attendances at these rallies, that that will increase public pressure on the other two parties to reverse their their uh, stance at the moment, not to enter talks? I mean, are you hoping that that's what w- that they'll achieve? Well, what we hope, you know, an achievement is for Mary Lou and the leadership to come out and meet people and listen to them, and because we were we were very proud with the vote we got. And we want people to know that we we don't take them for granted, that we know that this is a vote that uh, a lot of people for the very first time voted for us. And what we're trying to say to them people is we appreciate that and we want to work with you and we want to change things. But the other thing then is we're hoping that there would be a big turnout because I would guarantee if me or Martin or if Simon Coveney organised a rally that people wouldn't be coming to encourage them. They'd be coming to give out and tell them to get off the behind and form a government and get working for the people. And which, do, do, do you hand on heart believe that you could work with Fianna Fáil? Well, it, it doesn't matter. We, we could work with anyone. And the reason being is, like, we all want to fix the housing crisis. You have people listening to your show today know. Uh, who are living with their parents or their grandparents or who are trying to get a price of a, a deposit together to buy a house or people who are paying huge rents. Like, we want to give, a simple thing, what we want to do is we want to give all rental, people who rent accommodation one month's rent back a year by a tax credit. We also want to freeze the rents. Now, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil voted against that before the election. But surely they must recognise now that the people believe that we can have rent freeze for three years. Like, but is there, well, would you be able to agree if there's enough common ground? If you're saying you've got these proposals and yet Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael voted against it, is there enough common ground to come together to form a government? Well, we believe, like, like I believe, like, I believe Michal and Leo are, are decent people, right? Like, they know people are hurting. They know the trolley crisis is unbelievable. They know people are suffering today. Why wouldn't you want to change it? Like, I'm really disappointed because I had, I really hoped that Mihar would have stood up and said, listen, it's not about me, it's not about my pride, it's about the people, and we have to go and help them. Like, surely we can compromise on enough of things that will help people right now today. Yeah, and, and we're in a bit of a limbo at the moment. It's nobody really doing anything to... And the thing about it, Patricia, is about... It's, it's not about me coming to school or it's not about Mary Lou MacDonald. It's about people want stuff done. People want change. I'm here in my clinic now in Shannon Street right now this minute 
People are coming into me 9, 10, 11 years on the hosting list. People are coming in waiting for procedures two and three years. Children, parents are waiting for their children to be two or three years to be assessed for either autism or being on the spectrum or waiting for services. Like, it, I had a mother in this morning and she has a letter. She had a letter with me stating that she'd be over two years waiting for an occupational therapist and uh, speech therapy for her son who's non-verbal autistic. Like, she can't be waiting for me home out in the leave right there to make up the mind. She needs help today. Okay, Morris says, what, what do Sinn Féin hope to achieve by holding these rallies around the country? It's the doll they need to be in discussing this, not in hotels around uh, the country. But I'm assuming that's the point you'd make. You're trying to get into the doll uh, to discuss it. And uh, Tom and Dripsy says, uh, could Thomas Gould please come out or send somebody out? One of his posters is still up yeah. on Dripsy. There's actually two of us still up on Dripsy and tell him thanks very much. <laughs> One of the lads is heading out there at lunchtime to take okay. the all right, there'll always be, there'll think, always be there's road posters. Other, if there's any other your listeners spot one around the place, i Let you know. I will, we will. We'll pass it on to you. All right, Thomas. Listen, thank you for that. Thank you. And uh, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. It always happens after an election. We'll have a TD on and someone will come in. There's one of these posters still up there. So let us know and we'll, we'll, if they're on with us and we'll certainly pass it on. And they are very good about trying to take them down. It's just when they put up so many posters in the run-up to the election, there's always going to be a few that they forget about. 1850. 333103. John Paul taking your course, text or WhatsApp 0862 103103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Short Castle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood, and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie. I think most people like the idea of having a big, lavish party to celebrate their 30th birthday or perhaps opt for a fabulous trip away to mark the mile. Stone birthday. Well, not my next guest. Muriel Foley joins me to share her plans to mark her 30th birthday on this planet or her 30th year on this planet. Uh, good, good morning to you, Muriel. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Now, this, I have to say, make, made me smile when I started <laughs> seeing this online. You're calling it Dare to Donate. Just explain yeah. what your plan is and how you came up with this idea. <laughs> no problem. So basically, I think um, you kind of explained it there that a lot of people do big parties, um, big gestures, do expensive things for their birthdays. But also I feel like people tend to give expensive presents to people on their 30th. And I wanted to scrap all of that and then do something kind of good for charity at the same time. So I honestly don't know where the idea came from. I was driving the car, got a notion to just do something mad. So I decided I'd do some dares and get some donations for Cork Penny Dinners out of it. And then because it was my 30th, I said the number 30, I'll do 30 dares in 30 days. And then the last day then will be the day of my 30th. That was going to be my question. So birthday is what date? The, the 21st of March. 21st of March. OK, you were just just after St. Patrick's Day. OK, yeah. so then you put it out to the good people on social media land on yeah. and said, dare me to do things. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I initially approached um, friends and family because I knew they'd only be dying to give me a dare and, <laughs> and you know, love to be all creative with their dares. Um, so I just put it out there on social media and I said I'd create an Instagram account as well just for accountability for the dares that I'd record all of them and then post them every single day. So when people dared me, they would see their dare appear on social media. But also I wanted to get the word out there to get donations for Cork Penny Dinners as well. So social media was the best way for me to do that. And it's been working a treat. So, so far, so good. Well done. And you started the 21st was last Friday. So was that yep. day was that day one for you then? It was day one. OK, yeah, what, so. did you, what did you do on Friday? So on Friday, I paid for the person shopping in front of me. So it was actually a really nice man called Dave and he was buying his lunch. And I stepped in and paid for his lunch. That was oh. one of the, the dares. I, yeah. I think that's a lovely thing to do. I always, yeah. Were you a bit nervous when you went up to do that, by the way? I was. I yeah. don't know why, because it's yeah. still something nice. But I think that some people don't expect you to be nice. And <laughs> they're kind of like, what's the catch? So it took a while. I definitely caught him by surprise anyway. But um, no, he was a good sport. And well done. It was something well done. To do. yeah. So that was Friday. Then Saturday? So Saturday, I was dared to do a park run. So I ended up doing um, Conor O'Keefe's um, 5K at 5 a.m., so I got up bright and early um, on Saturday morning and I did the park run in the Lee Fields um, on Saturday morning. So that now, was something uh, different again. Now a 5K, are you a runner? You... I am not a runner. Oh. I was out of breath. Oh. <laughs> I was trailing at the back, but as I said, look, it was all for a good cause. So it was fine. I ran a good bit of it, but I definitely took a few breaks. Oh, as did well, you? Yeah. <laughs> and did, did, did you feel the pain on Sunday? Oh, a little bit now on the legs, yeah. I definitely didn't stretch enough. Because, you, you yeah. know, you're meant to train for those things. You definitely are. Yeah. I only went in cold. Like, it's 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 couch to 5K for a reason. You don't just run. <laughs> well, well, well done. Well done. I, kudos to you on that one. And then yesterday, we're up to day three. What did you do yesterday? So yesterday, um, I got a dare to um, have my boyfriend do my makeup for me. Oh. So that was posted last night now. And, oh, yeah. You can only imagine what I looked like. Is he so, good? Is he any good at it? <laughs> you know what? He was better than I expected, but uh, definitely loved the old uh, blue eyeshadow <laughs> a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> and were you watching what he was doing, or was it a complete surprise? Was it a, no, was a reveal? It was- Reveal. reveal. Yes, you can see my reaction at the end. Oh, I would. I will definitely take take a look at that. So, do you know what you're doing today then? I do, but every dare is a surprise. Okay, and then you and then you put it up on the. Instagram. I put it up on the Instagram account, yeah, and I post it on my own personal Facebook page as well, so that my um, my kind of my family can see it there as well. Um, so everyone's been getting a great laugh off it, and it's good because the donations are all coming in. Brilliant. I set my target of a thousand euro. I'm already on sixteen hundred. Whoa, so that's I'm terrific! Delighted. That is yeah. terrific. And by the way, somebody said, "What's the Instagram account?" It's Dare and the number two Dare two donate and yeah. as you say and, and every single day it gets posted and are you getting some wacky dares oh my god or, yeah are you yeah <laughs> so so the first one would be um, I have a fear of birds I don't know where it came from I just have a massive fear of birds so one of my good friends Amy has dared me to go to Fosha and feed birds um, <laughs> so I'm terrified of that um, and another one was to go down Grand Parade and Patrick Street wearing a tutu and fairy rings wishing everybody a good day Oh, the, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. And the kicker is um, another one of my friends. Um, he has set up for me to do stand-up comedy 
for five to ten <gasps> minutes at the Wonky Donkey Comedy Club and it's already arranged for the 20th of March and that's the one I, I'm shaking even thinking about it. That's I'm the grand finale terrified. then, that's the last one. So, well, the last one will be my birthday. Yeah, tw- oh, you'll do one on the 24th. Okay, all right. It's, oh my God, like I'm shaking now thinking about it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I am not a comedian. So that's definitely one. That I well, maybe you could yeah. base it on all the dares. Maybe, but like people pay money to, you know. I know, to, to go to the monkey donkey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, maybe they'll just laugh at my struggle. But and these, for, I, I'm yeah. loving this. And these are all your friends. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. All my friends have, and they took so long to think of their dares, and they, oh, they're coming out with some magic ones. And you're still so. going to be friends at the end of it. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a good sport, I don't mind, but and that's I, definitely the nerves now are shot with that one. And cork penny dinners, an easy choice for you? For of course. New bra- oh no brainer. Mm. No brainer. And Katrina Toomey um, from Cork Penny Dinners is delighted. She's skitting at some of the dares as well. Um, so look and she's delighted with all the donations coming in and they're going into her in real time as well because they're going through the I Donate fundraising page okay. so it's brilliant she's seeing the donations coming in from there so it's and you know what it's a bit of lightheartedness. it's a bit of fun um, you know there's a lot of um, bad news going you know around the internet and like even with social media and everything that's been happening so it's nice to just have a bit of fun and joy in social media with this initiative and raising money for Cork Penny Dinners at the same time. Well, do you know something you write? Because when when I when this landed on my desk and, and I looked at I was looking at it and, and I went onto your Instagram page, I was thinking there has been particularly with Caroline Flack, yeah. there's been so much negativity about social media, and I was you know this this shows the good side of, of exactly. social media. I mean, social media has can play a fantastic role in all of our lives and getting messages and getting, you know, mm-hmm. and good news stories. So, so well done. Yeah, well, well done. Now, will you, you've got to do something though for your 30th. Have you any plans for any <coughs> little bit of a hula? <laughs> I'll go out all right on will Saturday you? night. I'll go out for a dance. I might, um, you know, walk into pop scene and have a bit of a dance there. Um, but, Nothing, as I said, I'm not having anything extravagant um, because I just I just didn't see the point in it. But I'll definitely mark the occasion anyway with some friends, but it'll be very low key. Okay, and and all of your family and friends, you know, happy that you've 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 decided to do this. They weren't disappointed that you weren't giving them the big night out. No, do you know what? They're they're delighted, and um, my parents it took <laughs> took a while to explain what it was and what it meant. Um, but they're also enjoying watching the videos every day as well. But no, not at all. Like, sir, as I said, I'll spend time with them anyway around the, the day and that'll be loads. Okay. Have you ever done yeah. anything like this before, Muriel? Never. No. Never. <laughs> but, uh, like, maybe it will start a trend. Maybe yeah. people will start doing something like this for their big birthdays, raising some money for charity and just having fun at the same time. Because I would definitely recommend it because I'm having a lot of fun. I'm scared, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's definitely worth it. Well done. Fantastic. And what part of Cork are you in? Um, I'm working in the city, but I'm from Killa. Killa, okay. And right, what yeah. do you do? What, what do you work at? I'm digital director at Hopkins Communications. Ah, okay. So you, you know how the digital side of it all works. 
I do. Yeah, well done. Well I done. Do. They're a great gang in Hopkins. Say hi to all of them. Listen, I will, of listen, Thank Muriel, you. it's fantastic, and we we will follow you. And we, we we can we, if you don't mind, we'll check in with you again. Of uh, course. Because I'd love to see how it's all going. Because I just think it's fantastic, and I'm loving all the different airs. It's great. I can't wait to see the boyfriend putting the makeup on. Tell him <laughs> easy on that blue eyeshadow. Tell him we we're well gone past the blue eyeshadow. Listen, oh. continue to enjoy it because that's what it's about as well. All I right, will. take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. We'll talk again. Um, Muriel Foley there from Aquila. Isn't that just a fabulous, fabulous thing to do instead of it being all about herself and instead of her getting all of the presents and the big nights out and the flowers and the chocolates and all the other nice things you get for your birthday to give something back and at the same time have a little bit a bit of fun. So keep a lookout for her on her Instagram page Dare to Donate and it's the number two so it's Dare D-A-R-E two and uh, number two and then Donate D-O-N-A-T-E and at the of course she's raising it for Cork Penny Dinners uh, so hi to Katrina and all the gang in Cork Penny Dinners great great cause 1850 and I've just been told on breaking news that Councillor Ian Doyle has been elected to fill the position of Mayor of County Cork for the remaining four months we knew we were going to have a gap of four months because of course the at the moment, the mayor of Cork County is uh, Christopher O'Sullivan. Christopher O'Sullivan got elected as a TD for West Cork, so he was going to have to give up his position as mayor of County Cork. So filling in for the four months is uh, Councillor Ian Doyle from uh, Charleville. Congratulations, uh, Ian. He will make a fine mayor of Cork County. He can be someone who will fly the flag and we can be very proud of. Um, thanks to Jump Off for that. Uh, text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Don't forget, if you've got a question for Annalise Dressel on Nutrition therapist Annalise joins us after half past 12 today. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Win your way to Billy Joel in the Big Apple. VIP style. With AmigoLoans.ie on C103. Now he's described as one of the most popular performers in the world and we have a pair of tickets to get somebody along to see Billy Joel in the Big Apple, Madison Square Gardens on the 2nd of May just before News at 12. I played a Billy Joel song. Lots of you heard the song. Lots of you started texting and WhatsApping. Michelle McHale is in Mallow. Good afternoon, Michelle. Good afternoon. You'd like a weekend away in New York? I would love it. And would you like to go see Billy Joel at the same time? Of course, Uh I would. Okay, I've got a question for you. You need to finish this Billy Joel lyric, and I'm smiling when I see what the lyric is. Sing us the song, You're the A, Piano Man, B, Drummer. Piano Man. It is Piano Man, and... Congratulations uh, to you. You are our qualifier uh, for today. Congratulations to you, Michelle. We will be in contact uh, with you. Who will you bring with you if you win? My husband. Your husband. What's hubby's name? Ted. Ted, okay. Well done, uh, Michelle. Uh, congratulations thank so and uh, thank you for taking part. That is Michelle McHale in uh, Mallow, our qualifier for uh, today. Now, you're listening out for Billy Joel songs throughout the day, uh, again with Nick this afternoon and with Martina and right through with uh, Eric and then, of course, on breakfast with uh, Simon in the morning. And whenever you hear a Billy Joel 
song at any stage you get dialing or whatsapping 0862 103 103 and then we select one of the listeners that have texted or whatsapped us bring you on air simple question gets you into the final Billy Joel in the Big Apple with amigoloans.ie on Cork's Greatest Hits C103. Now the phone lines are free if you have a question for Annalise please. Our nutrition therapist Annalise will join us after half past 12 uh, today so questions for Annalise get them in 0862 103 103 or you can call us as well. John Paul is taking the calls at 1850 some of your calls and comments coming into the programme this morning. Lovely uh, text in from Michael. Say, Patricia, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Just want to wish that wonderful, inspiring young lady. This was Muriel Foley from Killa, who I spoke with in the last hour. I just want to wish that wonderful, inspiring young lady, Muriel, who's doing the dares as a birthday fundraiser for her 30th. What a fantastic idea texts in Michael. It just shows how creative she is and Cork Penny Dinners no better charity. Best wishes for the rest of the dares and a wonderful birthday tour. Yeah, it, it certainly captured our imagination and we're going to bring her on again towards the end of the month of dares that she does just to see how she gets on but keep an eye out for her on Instagram and of course if people want to donate in her name please do because the Katrina and the gang of Cork Penny Dinners only too delighted uh, to take on your uh, donations Uh, Sandy says uh, Patricia this is on the government and government formation and the delay in forming a government people voted for change not necessarily party change but certainly policy change to items listed in several surveys people spoke about issues that they want change housing policies pension entitlement was a huge uh, area and in particular the qualification for your pension forced retirements at 65 but then not entitled to your pension until you're, you're 67 health policies reduce the waiting times and quicker entry to services for example autism and relevant assessment and therapies in the 70s you worked until you retired at 69 but you got your pension immediately not like today when people even have to go through a means test uh, to get that's a one they get their job seekers part of the job seekers benefits that has to be means uh, tested that only goes on to create more jobs for people in the Department of Social Protection says uh, uh, Sandy who also wants to raise the issue when we're talking about housing and the need to build more houses and we need to build more houses as quickly as we possibly can Sandy said do people realise you pay VAT at 23% on building and most hardware materials in this housing crisis that we currently have surely the rate of VAT on building materials needs to be looked at it's the same rate that applies to chocolate and cigarettes and confectionery yet Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and Labour seem to be doing nothing about it do Sinn Féin I wonder have a policy on it because I certainly heard nothing during the course of the election and is that something yeah, anything that could be done to bring down the cost of housing I suppose and the cost of building housing I suppose is what Sandy is talking about but there's always the fear then if you do that and developers get involved and then you've got people the cuckoo funds coming in and taking over all these big developments and buying all the developments and then they just put it into the rental market we need everything that needs to be done needs to be done in such a way so as to make sure that people can afford to buy their own homes. I mean, that's the big problem that we have in this country. People simply can't afford to, they're finding it difficult to rent. Those that are in the rental market then are finding it almost impossible 
to go out and buy a house uh, because they, all of their money, every, every bit of saving that they actually have is going into paying very high rents. So we need to do something that makes housing affordable for people. Even though we were talking about this last week on the programme and a really good text came in that I didn't get a chance to get to last week, but it's worth mentioning it now. When I was saying uh, and and, you know, not pointing the finger, blame a government, but I was certainly saying something needs to be done to make houses more affordable for this generation of young people who will never be able to own their own houses. And that's, there's something very wrong. Irish people, we like to own our own, own houses. There are other countries where people, you know, the, the tradition is that you rent and you rent for your entire life, but not in this country. We like to own our own properties. And I was saying, you know, that we have this huge generation, lost generation, some people call them, uh, with, well, lost when it comes to housing, that they're never going to be able to own their own house. Well, that, now, the person didn't put their name, uh, unfortunately, on the text. They says, hi, Patricia, I think you were wrong in your assessment of why people can't buy, buy houses. The government are not wrong in the case that young people, and this person is saying it isn't the government are to blame, and that young people people can't afford to buy or build their own houses. This gentleman says, I'm a 29-year-old man and I have a partner at home in a rented house minding our two-year-old son. We are currently, after starting to build a house, we saved extremely hard to get the money together and we saved hard for five years. We got our mortgage, first go, and all of our legal fees and planning all paid up to date. I think what is wrong, says this 29-year-old male listener, are people who enjoy their early 20s by travelling the world and socialising and now they're coming into their late 20s, into their early 30s and they are feeling the harshness now. People nowadays are just blaming the government for all their enjoyment in life and now they need to settle down and they can't afford to do so. If you work hard and make huge cutbacks, anything is possible. And there's a young man himself at only 29, along with his partner, two-year-old son, and they didn't travel the world, didn't have expensive holidays, didn't go out socialising much. Every single spare cent was put into savings, saved hard for five years, and then obviously were able to go to the bank and show how hard they saved for five years. And now in a position they got their mortgage and they are building their own house. I would be interested to hear from others uh, how others feel about that. Is, is, there an, is there an element of truth in that, that there are some, we won't say all, because I know I'll straight away get people saying, I didn't travel the world, I'm, I didn't socialise, I just haven't been able to save because I'm paying so much on rent. I suppose it's where you're renting as well becomes the big problem. I mean, if you're trying to rent inside in the city, for example, or if you're in Dublin City, you wouldn't have a hope of being able, no matter how frugal you were, if you're paying huge amount of rents, it can be really, really difficult indeed. But somebody's there's a young man saying that's what he and his partner did. They saved really, really hard and not expecting anyone to give them anything and they've gone on to get their own mortgage. Your thoughts welcomed on that. 1850-333-103 and, and somebody else and this, com- this has come up a few times particularly when I get to when I'm saying we're at day 16 since the general election and don't seem to be getting any closer to forming a government. It's been said by many including other listeners in saying I've said it before and I'll say it again stop the wages of all of the TDs and then watch them sit up and listen to each other and they'll form a government fairly quickly then it is frustrating that they're all getting paid 
and the and we have of course we have the other besides they're all getting paid we also have the ministers and the Taoiseach in a caretaker capacity we have Leo Varadkar he's still Taoiseach even though he has resigned as Taoiseach but he still is Taoiseach in a caretaker capacity and it's the same with all of the uh, ministers. 1850 and we are aware of ESB outages in the Balancholic area. The ESB networks have been on. They have discovered a fault and they are rectifying it at the uh, moment and they're working on it. 1850 John Paul takes the cause. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Donnerail Active Retirement. They are meeting this afternoon, 3 o'clock in the community centre. While Bingo is on tonight in Bottevent GAA Hall. That's at half past eight. The jackpot is €4,000 and the usual buses will run. And Mallow Guides. Remember we spoke with uh, Greta, the guide leader, on the programme on Friday because they were hosting this big day on Saturday to raise money for the bushfires in Australia. Well, they've been on to tell us that they raised €1,700 Euro at their cake sale on Saturday and they now will be sending in the grand total of €2,200 to the Australian Bushfire Relief Fund. And they contacted us this morning because they would like to thank everyone who supported them in, in every way. That is fantastic. All of the guides and the brownies need to take a bow as well. That is a terrific sum of money. Well done all. And everyone is welcome to a relaxing programme of music prepared by Mr Philip Brennan at Balancholic Library tomorrow morning at 11. Teas and coffees will be served. And Jake Carter is back in Kinsale next weekend for the musical The White Lady of Kinsale. 8 o'clock nightly Kinsale Community uh, School it runs a Thursday Friday and Saturday next and Ballonhastic Community Development will have a fundraising Kayleigh on Friday night in the Marion Hall with dancing to Jerry McCarthy Court Today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow Smokeless Coal Turf Gas and Kiln Dried Wood Open late 7 days lowcostfuel.ie That wonderful good news story in the last hour from Muriel who instead of having a 30th birthday party is doing the dares for a month and raising money at the same time for Cork Penny Dinners. Well the Southern Star this week have a wonderful good news story and it is to do with a wedding ring that was lost on the Warren Strand and it has been reunited with its owner five, four years after the ring went missing. The owner of the ring is Declan Good from County Kildare who, who joins me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you Declan. Good afternoon. Uh, you're, you're welcome to the programme. Okay, take Thank me you. back to when did you realise you'd lost your ring and how did you believe you'd lost your ring? So back, um, so go back to 2016, um, the June bank holiday weekend. I was holidaying with my family down in West Cork, um, down in Ross Carberry. And that morning, um, I, I went cycling on my own over to the Bearer Peninsula. I spent a few hours on a bike over there. And... Um, could recollect um, afterwards um, hearing something um, on the ground like a piece of metal as I was um, as I was climbing a hill outside of Castletown Bear and got back to Roscarbury later on that afternoon and met my family who were on the beach, um, the Warren Beach near Roscarbury. And um, later that evening back in the house, uh, discovered that I was missing my wedding ring. So we were thinking about it and automatically, I suppose, the focus went back to the Bearer Peninsula and the bicycle incident 
And in fact, myself and Sarah, my wife, headed down there the next morning and we traced, we, we walked about two to three kilometres of the roadway there outside of Castletown Bear um, and, and actually found a piece of metal on the ground in, 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 in roughly the spot where I could uh, recollect hearing something. But un- unfortunately, it wasn't the ring. It wasn't ring. your ring. So you, know? you, so you, but you didn't think you'd lost it on the beach. Never thought about the beach. Always thought it was while cycling, you know. And had and the ring been loose on your finger, Declan? Um, look, a wedding ring. I suppose there's there's always there's a, there's always a bit of ebb and flow in terms of uh, of, of 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 your finger, you know, yeah. and um, and shape and and things. So there'd always be a bit of loose, looseness, maybe if it was if it was if it was if it was straight out, for instance. But it hadn't fallen off. You hadn't lost it before that. No, I hadn't lost it before then. No. So you went no, home no. from the holiday thinking that's it. I've lost. And at that stage, how many years married were you? Um, so we were married, yeah, so, so, so we were, um, so, so we would have been at that stage, let me see, at that stage we would have been, uh, six years married. Six years married, okay, so yeah. you left the holidays thinking, that's it, ring is gone. So left the holidays thinking, that's it, the ring is gone, exactly. Did yeah. you replace it? So we, we did. Um, my my wife and my two daughters, Orla and Aoife, presented me with um, um, a replacement wedding ring on my birthday last March. Um, an exact replica, the only difference being they inscribed the three names on the inside. Ah, of the ah, but, so a nice <laughs> ring, but not the same as the original. So not the same as the original. Yeah, it was the, it, no, it was it was the same ring, but just different inscription and bought back at the same shop where we originally had purchased the first one, which was back in Amsterdam. Oh, wow. We lived, we lived in Amsterdam for nine years and we lived over um, a jewellery shop and um, we became quite good friends um, with, 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 with the family who ran that shop. Oh, that was nice. Um, and nice to go back and get, and to get the same ring. So, exactly, then, so yeah. then bring us forward to now. And I know we did a shout out on behalf of the Gardaí in West Cork because they were desperately trying to reunite you with the ring. When did you hear that your wedding ring had been found? So we heard that the wedding ring, uh, yeah, so, so, um, so I look, I was contacted um, by, by friends of mine, um, Sheila and Adrian Stack, who are friends of mine from Middleton and County Cork. Okay. And um, they contacted me uh, one Sunday night there recently and said, look, we see something on Facebook um, it's a long shot. Did you lose your wedding ring? And I was like, uh, I, I did. did. <laughs> I did. And um, and it was a, lo- a very long shot because, in fact, Sheila and Adrian um, couldn't attend my wedding because her sister um, was getting married um, the following day. So she recognised the date and the inscription oh. on the ring, and of oh. course, traced like Sarah was my wife. So that's where, where the connection was made. So it was a very long shot. Well, the chances then, of that, that she'd actually remembered the date. Exactly. And and she it was shared to her through a friend of hers who probably got it shared by somebody else, you know, and the way Facebook works, etc. So it was it was, it was a real a miracle, really, that it got back to us. You know, yeah, because people, were, yeah, because we were just calling out, it was Declan and uh, we were saying Sarah, you're saying, you say Zara? You pronounce your wife's name? Yeah, Sarah. Sarah. Yes, uh, yeah, we yeah. were just, well, we were calling out Declan and Sarah was what we were calling out. Does anybody know a Declan marriage with Sarah? He's after losing his wedding ring. And, yeah. you know, and we were, you know, again, we did say it's a bit of a long, we thought maybe it was local. Then we said with so many people, such a beautiful beach, so many people visit and, yeah. and whatever. And it's, and you have it back now. So we have it back. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, have it back. It's on the finger now as I speak. <laughs> did you um, come back so to West Cork to retrieve it, or how did you get it back? Uh, so I was, I was, I was, yeah, came back to 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 County Cork. Did you? Yeah. Did you? I'm from I'm from Middleton. So oh, I, yeah, okay. Down there, yeah. You, you don't have too far to go. All yeah. right, and you're and it's fitting you okay now, is it? Yeah. Look, it's it's it's. Um, I had to put it on the middle finger because the, the yeah. <laughs> We were laughing about that at the weekend, you know. So, um, so the, the 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 normal ring finger is a little bit, uh, um, little isn't big big enough anymore, you know. Are you after losing weight? I lost a little bit of weight, Patricia. Yes, that's what it is. That's yeah. what it is. It's all it's all that. It's cy- all good news, you know. It's all that cycling. It's all that cycling, exactly. <laughs> well. Um, but, but look, there's there's a lot of people obviously that should be thanked along the okay. way here. And um, there's there's obviously somebody who originally found it on the ring. Uh, sorry, found it on the beach in uh, in Ross Carberry. Um, that person, the the the, the guardie in in Bandon, have been unable to contact that person. Um, so maybe if that person is is listening, um, you know, if they could make maybe contact with the the Bandon Garda State Garda State because it was great, just you know. it was just handed in, wasn't it? And nobody left a name. It was, it was handed in, yeah. um, and I think that they've tried to find the, the finder. Um, and of course, in in, in the Bandon Garda Station, there's there's three very good people there. There's um, uh, Patricia, Damien. Um, and Brendan, you know, um, who made the efforts over over Facebook, or I think I believe over the years to try to find. They did, yeah, yeah they did. Know. They kept coming up every and now and again. It was great. And, and then it ended up, I believe, in, in Clonakilty District Court, and it was going to be forfeited to the state. Oh. So, thanks to um, the judge there, um, Judge McNulty, um, who who I I think just said, look, can you just try for one more weekend? You never know if the owner might pop up, you know. Um, so if that hasn't happened, we wouldn't be speaking this morning, you know. Isn't that terrific? That's a, it's a it's a lovely happy uh, happy end to to the, to the story. Listen, uh, many many years of happiness to yourself and to uh, Zara, uh, Declan, and thanks a million for joining us on the program today. You're very welcome. Thank okay, you. Okay, God bless. Well. Take care. Bye bye. That is uh, Declan Good originally from Middleton but now living in County Kildare if anybody knows if anybody paid reference or oh, I found a ring and I handed it in to the guard at the station let us know because uh, you know it would be lovely just to reach for Declan just to have a quick chat with whoever found that ring and was honest enough and good enough uh, to hand it uh, back in as I say it happened uh, back in 2016 so it's uh, four years ago now uh, but it's a lovely happy news story which is great 1850 I can see a number of questions coming in for um, Annalise can you keep those coming please if you've got a question for Annalise for sound on nutritional therapist 1850 text or whatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Short Castle Street Mallow open seven days for smokeless coal turf kiln dried wood and gas lowcostfuel.ie is one of the world's most popular performers Selling over 150 million records With 33 top 40 hits And 23 Grammy nominations Now, see him live in New York VIP style With C103 to Billy Joel in the 
Big Apple. Madison Square Garden on May 2nd. Stay listening to C103. Then text or WhatsApp every time Billy Joel plays. For your chance to get in the grand final. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With AmigoLoans.ie On Cork's greatest hits, C103 This is the Cork Today replay on C103 Cork Today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 0862103103 And Annalise Dressel of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic uh, joining us. Good afternoon to you Annalise. Good afternoon Patricia. Uh, and you're very welcome. And let's mention it now for fear we run out of time at the end. You have, uh, you have a health fest that you want to give a mention to. It's on the 1st of March. That's right. So every year, uh, the nutritional therapists in Ireland, we try and put on some sort of event. And this year, we're going to do a health fest where there's about 10 different speakers talking about um, very common health issues and health topics. And it's on in the Maryborough House Hotel next Sunday from 10 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock. And tickets are only 10 euros, Patricia. And people, if they want to go, they'll be able to get tickets on eventbrite.ie. Um, or if anyone has a problem they can give me a call in the shop here and I can help them So a, a lot of like what we do on this slot the way we talk about and you'll get more details on particular complaints Absolutely yeah. so there's things about um, I'm going to do a heart health topic so it's about the latest research on how to keep your heart healthy well. there's a talk on type 2 diabetes joint health brain gut connection vegan diets mindful eating which is very important for um, weight gain and weight loss and things like that so there's a lot of there's a lot of variety it'll be very interesting a lot of very good speakers good okay good luck with that and that's and uh, the 1st of March is actually next Sunday the month it's of February next is after from 10 to 3 in the Maryborough House it's hard to believe yeah. we're heading up to the 1st of I March know. it, it seems ages gone. away yeah, yeah two months gone already okay straight in with questions Mary what can I take for fingernails that have split horizontally never happened before but it actually only happened after I received a professional manicure could have been some way linked to that what would Annalise advise yes well I think um, that uh, depending on the type of manicures that you're getting Patricia but those um, false nails that people the gel the gel nails nails, 
some of the nail varnishes as well are very, the ones that have to be hardened under UV light, they are very, very damaging to the nails. So it does actually cause, like it's, I mean, if you can see the nail bed at the end of the nail, if that looks healthy, it takes about six weeks for that to grow up fully to the full nail. If that looks healthy, it means the nail was damaged. But if that's still coming up and it's looking a little bit weak, you might benefit from a nail supplement. And one of my favourite ones for nails is biotin. Um, the Solgar range actually do a very high strength biotin of, of 5,000 milligrams, which is a nice strong one. And that's brilliant for strengthening up weak nails that break very easily. And it's also great for hair as well, Patricia. It's a great to improve the quality of your hair. It's not great for thickness if, if your hair is thinning, but it's great to improve hair quality if you've been colouring your hair a lot. So try one of those supplements for three months and that should sort you out. Okay, Elizabeth from Moy. Annalise mentioned a product last week for a woman who was suffering from hair loss. Could she repeat the product, please? And is it okay to take this product if you're on other medication? So I'm sure it was probably Norcrin I was speaking about, Patricia. It's spelled N-O-U-R-K-R-I-N. And it's a particular marine type of a protein that they've discovered can kickstart hair follicles that have gone dormant back into growing again. So it can be successful for thinning hair. Um, you want to do about three months of it to make sure that it's working because it takes at least six weeks for the hair to actually come out through the follicle before you even notice if it's working. And you should be able to get that in any health shop. Hi, Elise. Would you have any quick fix for low blood pressure? Um, I suppose the typical one would be to um, make sure that you're getting plenty of salt in your diet, Patricia. So maybe adding sea salt onto your food. But one of the quickest ways is actually to drink licorice tea or to eat proper licorice. Now, not the very sweet licorice that we often buy in the in the supermarkets that's delicious but more sugar than licorice so one of the best ways to do it is either take a licorice supplement or drink plenty licorice tea and that should also be a word of caution for people whose blood pressure isn't managed well beware of licorice because it does increase blood pressure very very quickly um so um Sorry, this is, yes, to increase blood pressure. So yeah. if, you, if you're the person as well that stands up very suddenly, you get those little silvery spots or dizzy, that means your blood pressure could be low. So licorice is fantastic. And every now and then I'll get a spate of low blood pressure, Patricia, and that's what I do. Okay. I do. Um, Paul, uh, could you ask Annalise, please, for advice for severe heartburn? Any cures, please? Yeah, so heartburn, um, Patricia, the best, cure for that and it works very quickly is slippery elm. So slippery elm comes from a tree and it's like a kind of a mucology type of a supplement. You can buy it in powder or capsule form. The powder is rough to take because it's so gloopy, it's very slimy. But this coats the whole esophagus and the stomach with a layer of that slime and it prevents it, the stomach acid from damaging the very sensitive cells underneath. So you'd want to take slippery elm before each meal. If you're taking it as a capsule, you need to take it about 20 minutes before a meal because the capsule will need to open in the stomach and do its job. But you could take the powder about five minutes before eating. The other supplement that's very good for that is something called zinc carnosin. It's spelt zinc, Z-I-N-C, and then carnosin is C-A-R-N-O-Z-I-N. And this is great for helping to strengthen and tonify the sphincter muscle at the top of the stomach and prevent acid from leaking back up. So you'd want to take that for at least a month to three months really to before you might notice the difference. And the last thing I'd mention then is a herb called Centaurium, C-E-N-T-A-R-I-U-M. And that can be very good to balance a stomach where you have got the symptoms of acid reflux, but you may have too much or too little acid you don't know. So that's a great herb and you'll buy the three of those in any health shop. 
Okay, let me go straight to... Hi, this is from Jane. Um, what's the name of the products that you mentioned a few weeks ago for thrush? And this always happens. Somebody hears you talk about something, oh, she said, I don't have that complaint. And then suddenly they end up getting it yeah. going, oh God, I only spoke about that. What was she talking about? <laughs> so it's Absolutely. all always based. Sometimes, sometimes you pay, start paying attention to something and all of a sudden you nearly read or hear about it everywhere. Absolutely. Happens. Absolutely. So thrush is an overgrowth of yeast called candida yeast. Um, now, we all have candida within our systems and within our guts, um, but our own bacteria and our immune systems can help keep it under control. But often candida will flare after an antibiotic where you've killed off a lot of the bacteria that normally would keep it under control. So in the most simplest form, where it really is just after an antibiotic, taking a supplement like um, BioCult, do one called Candia, C-A-N-D-E-A, and this is a probiotic in a capsule with some grapefruit seed extract, which is a great antifungal, and also some garlic, which is another lovely antifungal. So the great thing about the BioCult, if you're a lady and you have thrush, vaginal thrush, is that you can take a capsule and you can also insert a capsule. It will dissolve, but it gets the bacteria and the garlic and the grapefruit right there where it needs to do its work very, very quickly. Where taking it can take up to four weeks before you'll notice any benefit. There's also another lovely spray called Topida, T-O-P-I-D-A. And that's very good if you're suffering very um, pay, a lot of pain or irritation or itch. And you can just spray that on. It's very soothing. Um, now, that's more of a kind of a symptom, taking care of the symptom, whereas the BioCult is more taking care of the cause. And then if it's it, like if you've got a lot of other symptoms of candida, um, for example, foggy brain or you know, feeling awful after eating sugar, bloating, wind, then it's possible you might need some stronger herbs to kill off the internal yeast. And things like garlic, grapefruit seed extract, clove blood, uh, clove bud extract, black walnut, these are all really good, powerful antifungal herbs, and you'll get them in a health store in a combination tablet. Okay, and a number of people, could Annalise repeat the treatment for the breaking or weak nails? So biotin is my favourite one. It's spelled B-I-O-T-I-N. It's a B vitamin, but you won't get enough of it in a B complex. You need to buy it in a high dose. And Salgar is the company that do a lovely high dose. But Viridian also do um, biotin on its own. So either either of those you'll find in a health shop. Okay. Hi, Annalise. Could you recommend ways, please, to boost my immune system in early pregnancy? I've been very unwell. I would just like to boost my immune system. Thanking you. Yeah, that's an excellent question, Patricia, because there's been such a bad flu and sinus around um, in in the winter, this winter. Um, But when you're pregnant, you have to be very, very careful what you take. So uh, generally, the rule of thumb is that you do not take herbs when you're pregnant unless you've consulted with a medical herbalist. So that means things like echinacea and plantago and ivy and thyme are all out. And these are typical things that you'd use for coughs and colds and boosting immune system in the winter. So things that are safe when you're pregnant are things like vitamin C and zinc and vitamin D. They're all very healthy. And if you want to take them as part of a multi um, vitamin specifically for pregnant women, you can be sure that they'll be in the doses that are healthy and safe. The other thing that's very good when you're pregnant and safe to take is the olive leaf extract. It's a very powerful antifungal and antiviral and it's best taken in liquid form. So you'll buy that in a health shop and you can take that as a preventative or as a cure. Um, the other thing I suppose that would be safe to take when you're pregnant would be mushrooms. So mushrooms are very high in something called beta-glucans and these are wonderful for supporting the immune system but they won't raise the part of the immune system that um, that would be of a concern when you're pregnant. So you can buy mushrooms either in a powder or capsule form and you can take those 
safely as, as a supplement when you're pregnant too. Okay, good luck with that. Sandy, uh, advice please from Annalise. I'm suffering from mild sinus at the moment and I'm coughing up gunk with an occasional nosebleed, maybe one every second day. I've taken Ivy Thyme and Exputex. Coughing is bad, particularly from 5am in the morning. My ribs actually get sore from all of the coughing. It actually is like a smoker's cough, but obviously isn't. Any advice please? Yeah, it sounds like that rotten viral cough that has been going around, Patricia. And that's lingering at the end, isn't it? Yeah, so hard to shift it. So I think the best thing here would be to take two products. One, I would recommend a cough bottle like the Comvita Winter Wellness. This has a combination of different things in there, like carrageen, um, which is the seaweed that can kind of break up mucus in the chest and help get, get it out. There's also propolis in there for the immune system, manuka honey for soothing, um, and the instructions on that, Patricia, are to take two teaspoons three times a day. But when I, if I have a cough, what I tend to do is any time I start getting a coughing fit, I take that because it's so soothing. It stops that whole coughing fit that you get into. So it gives your rib muscles a break from all the coughing. So that will relieve the symptoms of the coughing. And then I think the Dr. Claire Mucotone Blend is brilliant because it's a combination of immune-boosting herbs that'll help your own system fight the virus of the cough. But there's also stuff in there to get rid of the mucus. And it sounds like there's a lot of inflammation up in the nose. There's um, cat's claw in the Dr. Dealer's Care Mucotone. It's a wonderful natural anti-inflammatory when all the membranes are inflamed and sore. It helps bring that down. So that would take care of the, the bleeding nose as well. So you can probably buy the Dr. Dealer's Care online because um, there would be very few health stores with stock it, or I have it in stock here in Balancholic if people want to pop in or I can post it out. It's an interesting one from a listener saying, Hi, uh, Patricia and Annalise. My daughter suffers terribly from headaches when there's thunder in the air or if there's any kind of thunder showers or activity. Uh, she can actually forecast the weather by saying, I can feel a headache coming on. I feel like my head is going to explode. There's thunder in the air. She's in her early 20s. Blood pressure is perfect. And I don't like her taking paracetamol too frequently. And obviously when the headaches come on, she has to take something. But it's linked to thunderstorms. Yeah, that's a very interesting one, Patricia. I think a lot of people are very sensitive to um, to the environment like that. Um, and thunderstorms definitely would be a common one. Um, other geopathic stresses as well would be typical triggers for migraines. So some people are very sensitive to ley lines in the ground. Um, and, you know, there's certain areas will make them feel quite unwell. Personally, I, I cannot sleep with any type of flashing light in the room. So all of those LED lights um, for some people can trigger headaches as well. But it's quite common actually to get a headache when there's a thunderstorm. And it's because the atmospheric pressure is building. Cure-wise, I'm not really sure what to suggest there. Possibly something like magnesium, um, which is very good for kind of relaxing muscles, but it also helps in terms of blood pressure. So it might help with relieving tension from atmospheric pressure or possibly doing something called um, EFT, which is a tapping technique, which you can use to relieve pressure um, for headaches. It's also very good for people when they feel tension building. Um, it's called emotional freedom tapping, EFT. And, and if, if you, you, if you Google YouTube, it, yeah, there's lots yeah, of stuff yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Possibly something like that, or even possibly doing some kind of a, um, a, a 
massage of the sinus, Patricia, would help as well. The sinuses are little cavities that sit just above your nose. If you press in underneath your eyebrow, you can feel those little holes. And sometimes, when, like for people who get sinus headaches, that's the area that gets very sore. So possibly massaging those would relieve head pressure as well and prevent the, the, the headache from happening. Okay. Are smoothies made with fruit and yogurt good or bad for you? Um, both, I suppose. So they are very good in that they, um, they all have very nutritious and packed full of nutrients, vitamins and minerals ingredients in there. However, a big source of sugar. So fruit is a big source of sugar and also milk is a big source of sugar. Now, yogurt has less sugar because the bacteria have fermented the sugar to produce the acid. But depending on the type of yogurt you buy, if there's any added sugar, there will, and you know, people do need to remember that lactose is a sugar. So milk is, as a product is much higher in sugar than it is in fat. We shouldn't be worrying about the fat content at all. So I think a smoothie can be a good way of getting vitamins and minerals into your system, but make sure that um, you wash your teeth afterwards because the acid and the sugar is very, very bad for teeth. And try maybe and replace some of the, the fruits in there with vegetables. So, like, carrot is actually very good in a juice because it's quite sweet as well. You could put in maybe some spinach and celery. They tend to be very acceptable in a smoothie. And then maybe add a portion of berries to it to sweeten it up a little bit. And that would cut down on the, on the fruit element, on the sugar element. Can you repeat what you recommended for the heartburn, please? So, for heartburn, slippery elm, either as a capsule or as a powder, lines the whole stomach and esophagus area and protects it and heals it. Zinc Carnosin, C-A-R-N-O-Z-I-N, is a supplement that can help tighten up that little valve. And then the last one I mentioned was a herb called Centaurium, C-E-N-T-A-R-I-U-M, and that's very good for balancing stomach acid. And by the way, everything that is my chat with Annalise, we put it up on c103.ie after the show. It goes up as a podcast. If you go on if you go on the C103 app, you'll see it under the podcast selection because you see lots of people bringing in looking for uh, the same advice again. Uh, Maura in Mitchestown, very quickly on this. What's the best face wash to use? And what would you recommend as a good face wash? So I very personal thing Patricia yeah. I think the less the least chemicals the best and some people actually react very badly to the chlorine in water so some people don't actually like to wash their face with a face wash they prefer to use a cream cleanser one of my old favourites actually is Trilogy the cream cleanser of that is absolutely lovely for your face it's so gentle there's no chemicals in it um, now it's a little bit more pricey but it does last for ages. And what I like to do with that is I actually like to use that on my face, but then I wipe it off using a sponge so I'm not using a huge amount of uh, water on my face. Um, there's um, lots of cheaper ones as well. I know that Salcura, they specialize in a whole range of face um, products and skin products for very sensitive skin. And they do a face wash called Antiac, which is great if you've got spots. It's spelled A-N-T-I-A-C. But they also do a standard face cleanser that's just very, very gentle in all natural products. And they're reasonably priced. They're all sort of underneath the 15 euros. Um, I know that a lot of people find the face oils are brilliant for removing heavy makeup. Um, Trilogy do a face oil, but you'll find you can even make your own one using maybe something like almond oil. The only problem I feel about those oils is that I do think they block up your sink eventually. So I'm, I think if you're going to use a face oil, try and use cotton balls or something like that just, that you throw away. Otherwise, you might end up with a blocked drain at some point. Okay, I didn't think of that, yeah, because it would. 
Yeah, you don't want the oil going down the sink. Okay, all right, we'll leave it there. Listen, thank you for that, Annalise. We'll talk again next Monday. Thanks, Patricia. And good luck at the event next Sunday. Thanks for joining us. That is Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic uh, with that event with other the, the um, nutrition therapist in the Maryborough Hotel next Sunday between 10 and uh, 3 tickets from eventbrite.ie That's where I leave you uh, for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick is with you for the afternoon. Don't forget to continue to listen out for Billy Joel tracks throughout the day to be in with a chance of qualifying and getting you a step closer to Billy Joel in the Big Apple. Talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 and I'm Patricia Messenger. Good afternoon. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie Hello, this is Eric Griffin. Join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems. And then... Hello, this is Declan Ernie here. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi, this is Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Daniel O'Donnell here and you're listening to Country and Irish with Eric Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish from 8. Right here on C103. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,